The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome. Ken and Cheryl Dawson here with Alan Seville. He's an executive coach, and we're going to be talking about peak performance and uh, developing a coaching culture today. The pursuit of uh, peak performance and a coaching culture is a formidable challenge for most organizations, and achievement of them are interwoven. If you personally want to achieve peak performance, you probably seek out mentoring or coaching. And if your employees or your team desire to achieve peak performance, they too need models and coaches uh, to help them with the ins and outs of success. While each organization has a unique culture, Every organization can benefit from developing a coaching culture. In fact, our guest today will share how a coaching culture can dramatically improve performance. While some uh, people may become star performers without coaching, for the entire organization to achieve peak performance and a commitment to coaching is essential. I'd like to give a little bit of a background on Alan before we begin and introduce him. Dr. Alan Seville, executive coach, uh, has been an attorney and has over 30 years of leadership consulting and coaching experience in diverse industry and government environments. He's helped uh, CEOs and C-level leadership teams deal with the um, deal with and integrate complex management systems, strategic planning, organizational design, learning and development, merger integration, and culture change. Among other roles, he was a national director at Ernst & Young, as well as with Arthur Young. He is an author and has been adjunct professor for several universities. Welcome, Alan. Thank you very much, Earl. We're delighted to have you here with us today. You certainly have pursued, uh, pursued many disciplines over your career. Uh, can you share with us why you became an attorney and, and what your specialty was? Uh, yes, and this might be sort of an interesting answer. Um, I never really wanted to be an attorney. Um, I was always about solving really complex, interesting problems, uh, even from high school. Um, and when I was in college, I was pondering, well, how one gets qualified to do that kind of thing. Um, probably pretty naive about that, and and it was before the day in which they really had advanced degrees in organizational design and development. So I thought maybe if I went to a national law school that didn't necessarily teach you the black letter law, but taught you a lot about the legal problem solving process and how to really hone in on defining well and and dealing with the complexities of issues, uh, that that would be a good first step, and it was. But 
never really wanted to be an attorney. Um, a judicial clerkship sort of fell in my lap while I was in law school, and you don't turn those down, so I did that. But um, then after that, I, I did a master's and doctorate degree in planning and how organizations work. So, yeah. <laughs> Interesting development. Well, uh, have you ever regretted uh, becoming an attorney? No, um, I use the legal education every day in my work, uh, but I use it in a very non-traditional way. But the legal arguments, um, you know, that I was taught in, you know, at University of Virginia Law School were great, and they helped me really hone in on the important aspects of issues and then present them in a way that's very compelling, and, and certainly that's a great advantage in the type of work that I do. So now what directed you into the uh, organization development and, and performance area? I guess that's really what I've all, always been about. Um, you mentioned something in the beginning about the mission of the radio program being to help people really achieve their potential. Um, I think that's what I've always really been interested in is helping individuals, teams, and organizations achieve that potential. And it's, it's not easy. <laughs> it's complex. Um, and so organizational design, development, planning, and then implementing those plans well so that you can be successful is sort of where I've spent almost all of my career. Mm-hmm. I noticed that you've been uh, had extensive consulting experience with major consulting firms. Mm-hmm. How did those roles uh, come about, and, and what commonalities uh, did you find as you helped organization to achieve peak performance? Okay, good questions both. Um, I think probably when I was in undergraduate school, I I happened upon, okay, I'm probably going to be headed towards being a consultant. So, you know, that was at least that well-defined at that point. When I went back for my master's and doctorate degree, um, I had the um, presence anyway or foresight to arrange a couple of what I call information interviews like if I went and got this education and wanted to do this, is there actually a place that I could apply those talents? <laughs> and most of the conversations were with companies, you know, consulting companies and so on and so forth. And they were sort of like, well, probably, but we haven't really gotten to that yet. Um, and about the time, as luck would have it, uh, that I was finishing up my master's degree and the coursework for the doctoral degree, one of those companies called me and said, you know what, we've got a project that, doing exactly what we talked about two years ago. Would you like a job? And so that was my first consulting job. Ellen, the majority of our radio audience are people who are looking for a job. Um, you obviously have a wide, uh, wide variety of experience in many areas. Uh, share your expertise with those who are listening, who are actually looking. What you've discovered, recommendations you would make for our audience, um, any tips that you can provide them. Uh, as far as the job-seeking part? No, as far as a, uh, attaining a job. We're oh, attaining a job. Unemployment, we're having quite a problem, and uh, our listeners are looking specifically for any tips we can give them. Uh, any thoughts on that? Well, certainly. Uh, obviously, a track record of good performance uh, really helps because, you know, companies are looking for the best people they can possibly get. Um, one of the things that... Uh, I guess you and I both have in common is we're trying to encourage people and teams toward peak performance and, and you know, high level of performance. And certainly companies today are looking for that in, in people. 
part of it, I guess, comes in uh, you know presenting that information in a in a good way to companies through you know resumes, cover letters, and so on and so forth. But you really have to um, have that experience to begin with, and then be able to articulate it and make the case to companies. Um, I guess one of the other things too, and we might get to this later, and that is really be diligent in your search efforts to find companies that that resonate with what you want to do. I mean, you know, go looking for a job that you're going to be enthusiastic about. And a lot of times, um, certainly in my interviewing of people I've hired in the past, usually once they get to the interview process, they've got all the right buttons and competencies. I'm looking for the enthusiasm level. That's a very good point to make. And uh, I think when when the market is tough like this, is uh, people get a little discouraged and they let that come through, and that's probably their worst enemy of all. Right. Um, but finding that alignment that you're talking about with what they're passionate about and the company's needs is what can really make it click. Right. Well, I know you've worked uh, extensively uh, with mergers and acquisitions and, and probably restructurings as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did coaching play a role in, um, in integrating cultures? Um, a very significant role. Uh, certainly with the CEOs and the top team, both you know, from the existing two companies in a merger situation or in a restructuring situation, the one set, um, there is a huge amount that the leadership needs to do to make those large-scale organizational change efforts, whether it be a merger or restructuring or what, very successful. First, they need to understand the human dynamics of change, and that's one of the first things I deal with in the coaching. How are people going to be affected? What what are the normal dynamics that they're going to see in a change like this? Um, and then once they understand it, we work a lot on communicating with the internal communication part, how they communicate with their people about what's happening in the organization and the uncertainties that are present in, in those types of situations. Also, obviously, they need to deal with the press and the business analysts that are out there on the street and so on and so forth. And so communication, you know, in that regard as well, and being able to present the compelling business rationale for this change, whether it be a merger, restructuring, or whatever. So that's certainly at the the top level. Coaching also comes to play in, in a merger situation. There's usually a large number of task forces that get uh, formed to deal with all of the details of integrating the two companies, and, and they require coaching too, you know. What philosophy are we going to use to do this? How do we how do we actually do it? What the methodologies are? How do we work together as a team? You know, with people from a different company that we're somewhat suspicious about. You know, all of that is a part of the coaching agenda. Well, I'm sure as uh, organizations are looking um, for um, effective ways to survive in in the tough economy, uh, that many are looking at possible mergers and acquisitions and. So your work is probably pretty busy right now. Uh, I'd actually, not right now. I'm hoping that it should be. Uh, as an independent consultant, um, you know, sometimes just hearing about the things is, is the challenge. Um, you know, 
doing a good job is usually not a challenge, but uh, that's not the kind of thing that you advertise in the paper before it happens. So Absolutely. Those contacts are really critical. <laughs> yes, they you are. You know that uh, we work with organizations that are restructuring and, and sometimes uh, as a result of mergers and provide outplacement to their transitioning employees. What's been your experience on uh, the importance of providing transition services in those kinds of circumstances? It's extremely important. Um, as as you, you appreciate, I'm sure, and, and many of the listeners too, when you have an organizational change like a merger, it, it's a big deal. And there's also the hallmark of those kinds of situations is basically uncertainty and ambiguity. When, when those kinds of changes happen, everybody sort of goes back to first principles and they have four questions on their mind. Do I have a job? <laughs> right. Will I have to move? Who is my new boss and how are my benefits going to be, you know, affected? And those questions come in about 400 different, you know, variations, but they're all the same topics. And for a company to have really good answers to those questions to reduce the amount of uncertainty is extremely important in keeping people working and the, and the company profitable during this transition period. Well, when we come back from break, Alan, we'll get into a little bit more about the change process, so stay tuned. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success, better job, better pay, better life. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Isa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Isa, where America learns to invest. Oh, hi, Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. <laughs> hey, Julie. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. Oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. He said your breath smelled like garbage. 
and he almost puked. He says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zip. If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it, don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. We're here today with Alan Seville, who's uh, sharing with us about performance and, and the coaching culture. And Alan, as we were uh, taking the break, we were just uh, you were commenting about uh, how uh, restructuring mergers and acquisitions can impact people and, and really make them nervous about, gee, do I have a job? Yeah. And uh, of course, we we have that situation that we're confronting all the time. And years ago, maybe even a decade or more ago, when when that would happen, companies were more concerned about, you know, is there going to be any lawsuit? And then they started having people sign separation agreements, and so forth. Uh, but now the new issue really is around the future. That is, how can I retain my best people, mm-hmm. and uh, how can I build a culture where I can tr- attract talent? Mm-hmm. And so providing outplacement in those situations is really critical mm-hmm. uh, for the future of the organization. Yes, it is. And how they're perceived by employees. Mm-hmm. No, that's absolutely true. When when you're going through one of these major changes, and it's very unsettling, and people are very anxious about the situation. I mean, some really good people, and and the ones with the great resumes are the ones that are most marketable. Um, but they get antsy, and if you're not providing answers to them, or re-recruiting your best people, they might put their paper on the street and leave. You know, I've seen perfectly good organiz- or people and with bright futures and good organizations leave because they couldn't stand the uncertainty. And they left for a, a less good situation, but the situation had, you know, the misery that they were going to was certain, you know, and they, and they just really didn't uh, handle the uncertainty well. So you really do have to answer as many of these questions up front. Obviously, providing outplacement services and being honest with people like, okay, there probably will be some reduction in the workforce. We don't know where it is yet, maybe, but when it happens, we will be honest with you. When it happens, as soon as we know, and we will provide you the kinds of transition services that you're going to need. And that helps people get back to work. And And Alan, one of the things that's totally consistent with that, which we have in Job Search and Total System, is the fact that as you go through your position, it's absolutely critical that you're as good as you can possibly be. Yes. For instance, when companies typically do uh, decide who it is they're putting on the street, they typically go through a performance appraisal system of some kind 
And typically you go through your below average and then your average and maybe even your above average. But what we're saying to our clients is that if you are excellent or exceptional, you truly have a position in the company, and they're going to look very hard before they put you on the street. Absolutely. So the best, the better you can be, not only in that company, but moving to another position, identifying outstanding performance goals, identifying your potential, and being as good as you can be. You're just as marketable as you can be, both in the company as well as outside. That is correct. Doing, doing a good job is always, you know, helps you in your present position, your next position within that company, and your next position outside of that company. So, well, and hopefully you, you found a good company you enjoy working for anyway. And why wouldn't you want to do a good job? Well, I think that's uh, that's always what we tend to ask as well. When you book the elements of performance, Alan, you share a, a, a rather comprehensive model for performance. And the very first element is purpose. Mm-hmm. Why is purpose so important to performance? Purpose is the place to start. It, it really is the criteria for making decisions about all of the other elements of performance. You have to define individuals, teams, companies, same thing. You have to define what is your purpose, what's your mission in life, what you want to accomplish first. Then the next elements are you know, what competencies you need to accomplish that purpose. And if you haven't defined purpose, you can't define what competencies you need. And then being committed to that purpose. And obviously you can't ask people to get committed to something that they don't understand. So you have to be articulate in defining that purpose. And then alignment is another element. And you have to align your organization to the accomplishment of that purpose. So purpose is, in fact, the place to start. You must start there. Um, I tend to spend a lot more time on that than maybe some other folks, but it usually pays off, and if you do it right, then you can really accelerate through some of the other elements. I think it really relates back to what we were talking about in the first segment about passion. If there's no passion, it's hard to get committed to the purpose. That's correct, and yes. If you're not passionate about it, if if you if a company's defined its purpose and you've defined your purpose and you can't get passionate about it, you know maybe it's time to find another situation. So, yeah. Well, surrounding these key elements uh, of performance are you you refer to quality, speed, and economy. Mm-hmm. And how are these how are these impacting performance individually and for the organization? Right. Um, yeah. In the model, which people can't see, but the first four elements are purpose, commitment, competencies, and alignment. And those were what I call the effectiveness part of performance. And you have to do it's, it's picking the right things to do and doing them right. The next part, as you mentioned, is speed, quality, and economy, or doing things faster, better, cheaper. And certainly doing the right things selecting them in the first instance, and doing them right, the effectiveness part, is part of your competitiveness factor. But you still have to be in the competitive marketplace, and then you have to do those right things faster, better, cheaper. And those are the efficiency elements of performance. So they are important, too. But start with the effectiveness elements first, with purpose and all those others, do that first, because you don't want to be doing the wrong things faster, better, cheaper, because that'll just get you deeper in the hole. It certainly will. Where where do most uh, organizations fall short in achieving peak performance from your experience? 
I think really it's in those first two elements, or the first two that I think of, and, and that is purpose and commitment to that purpose. Because if they understand their purpose well, and then they really say, okay, yes, this, this is our passion, we are committed to this, then everything else will fall into place and they will have the tenacity of purpose and the follow-through and the thoroughness to do all of the other things correctly. But if they miss out on those first two, there's always the tendency, well, because we're not quite committed to this, they'll bail out without having done things correctly or done things thoroughly. So I really think that most organizations fall short in spending enough time in the purpose and the commitment part. And also the companies themselves, many companies assume that if they define their purpose and sort of put it out there that people are, quote, loyal and they will just sort of fall into place. Well, that's just not the way the world works. Companies have a proactive responsibility to cultivate the commitment of their workforce to the company purpose, and they need to constantly work on that, and many companies don't. Alan, let's talk about loyalty for just a minute. Uh, many years ago, it used to be one company, one career, and now people are changing companies all the time. How and careers, too. How important is loyalty today to companies? Uh, this might be an answer you didn't expect, Ken. Um, I would maintain, just sort of being devil's advocate, that there is no such concept as loyalty because in actuality there never has been. I mean, one company, one it's just the way things were. But forever people have been interested in what's in it for me. And in order to engender the commitment of people and the trust of your workforce, you have to be candid and honest with them, trustworthy, and you have to articulate your compelling business rationale, why it's good for the company and why it's good for every single individual that works for that company. And if you're not doing that, somewhere in the back of each individual's mind is, what's in it for me? Why? I mean, I know I'm working for the good of the company, but, you know, I need to get something out of this too. And it might be just that they have a job, you know. But, you know, that needs to be apparent to folks. So, Company leaders need to be able to articulate, maybe in a subtle way, but what's, why it's good for the individuals in that company as well. And then you will get what some people might call loyalty, but I would say it's buy-in and commitment. And, of course, today we find uh, not only do we have the Gen Xers, but the Gen Ys, and who knows what the next generation will be, Z, I suppose. Yeah, I just think they're being more honest about emotions that everybody's had from the beginning of time anyway. And it seems to be more difficult every day to motivate and get peak performance out of the younger employees who oftentimes are very suspicious of the motives of big business. Uh, and that's why big business needs to be candid about, hey, this is our purpose, this is why this purpose is important, this is what's in it for you, and this is why we should work together to accomplish that. And if they can't make that argument to people, they're going to have a difficult time. Mm -hmm. And in these tough economic times, uh, organizations in some cases are struggling to survive uh, or they're at least, um, you know, looking at their strategic plans and making some changes and so forth. What happens to the performance model in a survival mode? <laughs> Great question, Cheryl. Um, again, in my sort of devil's advocate mode, I might say absolutely nothing about the performance model changes. Those elements are still, you know, there, all seven of them. And I would contend that spending time on the first part of that, the purpose and commitment and competencies and alignment, is still the first thing that you need to do. Now, 
the trap in tough economic times that many companies fall into is they immediately flip over to the efficiency elements, especially economy, mm-hmm. and start cost-cutting and say, you know, what can we cost-cut? But if they do that first without considering what their purpose is and, you know, the level of commitment that they want from the workforce, even in tough economic times, I think that ultimately they're shooting themselves in the foot. So nothing about the performance model changes. They still need to worry about purpose. They still need to worry about commitment. They still need to worry about alignment. And yes, they do need to worry about, you know, economy and doing things faster, better, cheaper. Absolutely. But in the context. That's a fabulous answer. When we get back, we'll talk more about a coaching culture that will support performance. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success better job better pay better life an ordinary sunny day an ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids and they were doing nothing they were couch slouching they were rug imitating and lazy minute after lazy minute was passing them by when suddenly huh Hey guys, that's a personal foul. An active activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Players on your lazy penalties. Let's play. Those kids, they listened to Reggie. They got up and play they did. There was fun and running. There were smiles and jumping. And laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Kids, listen to Reggie and avoid lazy penalties. Be a player. Get up and play for an hour a day. Go online to check out smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Be a player. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network. 
each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll free at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to TCS on air at TCSWorldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Uh, we're here with Alan Seville, as executive coach and consultant in the performance area. And Last segment, uh, Alan, we talked a little bit about your Elements of Performance uh, book, and you have another one, Creating a Coaching Culture. That's correct. It certainly is an excellent primer. Both are. Uh, Exactly what is a coaching culture? (laughs) Thanks for asking, Cheryl. Um, I maintain that in addition to, you know, the need for executive coaching or individual coaching from time to time or possibly teams, that companies that are really interested in peak performance should strive to create a coaching culture. Now, coaching culture is one in which coaching is used widespread within that company uh, among individuals uh, to help people perform well. I mean, we all coach from time to time. We all teach other folks how to do particular things in their job or People ask others to help them with something that that person might do well or so on and so forth. And companies that realize that coaching goes on all the time on on the job learning uh, and can accelerate that process and bolster that process by providing people additional coaching skills so that we're even better at doing that, accelerate the learning process that's happening every day within the company. So it's really creating a culture within a company that coaching is valued, used well, and used widely. I think that's excellent, and we've uh, found a consistency to that, too, on the talent management side of our business, uh, Alan. Uh, Do you differentiate coaching from mentoring at all? Yes, I do. Um, Many times companies, uh, understanding the the value in this, um, seek to help it out, and, and they, I sometimes laugh at this, they, they set up a mentoring program, and they assign mentors and, and people who are recipients to mentoring and things like that. In my mind, mentoring really, it's hard to assign, because a mentoring relationship is a relationship which the two individuals involved in that relationship really have some, something special that clicks, a respect for the talent of the mentor, for example, and, and a, you know, some type of affinity with a mentee, if that's a good word. And those relationships you know, are hard to sign. They, they can happen, and companies should encourage them, but they can do coaching you know, without having a true mentoring relationship. And coaching can be done both by outside coaches and coaches within the company. And that can be assigned, you know, coaching tasks. It's really helping somebody with a learning process, really. Um, and that doesn't take the specialness in a mentoring relationship. Companies should encourage both. Don't think mentoring can be assigned 
a program quite so easily, but it certainly can be encouraged. So those companies that have programs, do you recommend uh, to, to use more of the coaching terminology? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think let's be clear. I, I'm a big fan of using words accurately. And if, if it's a coaching program or an assistance program or, you know, just having somebody to go to with an organization, great. But, you know, uh, assign it, use a word that's accurate, um, and reserve mentoring for that special relationships, those special relationships that come and happen. And there's things that companies can do to, like I said, encourage those. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> make it legitimate to spend hours doing that kind of stuff, for example. You know, Alan, do you find in a performance that, uh, evaluation. Alan, do you find that human resources typically is uh, on board and up to speed relative to, uh, for instance, you're coming into an organization and helping them with uh, the coaching process? It varies. Um, We've gotten a lot more sophisticated about human resources, you know, in in the recent years, and and it's increasing. And human resources is becoming a more important part of you know the uh, achievement of purpose within a company, and and that's a good thing. Um, but you know, companies differ, and we have a variety of you know performing organizations and not so performing organizations so it depends and it varies but more and more certainly are are there some foundational uh, things that you look for to uh, to be able to begin to develop the coaching culture uh, yes um, there absolutely are and usually <laughs> uh, in keeping with the other book the, the coaching that I think is important to companies, business organizations, is performance-based, you know, coaching. The, uh, I'm not particularly a life coach or, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up or, you know, are you right with the world, all of which are important, you know. But the reason I'm there is to help a company, an individual, or a team perform better so that the coaching is really about how it relates to a person, a team, an organization's performance. So we're looking at competencies that are required to perform well in a given set of job responsibilities. So if they don't have those competencies well delineated, then then maybe they're going to have the carpet for that. That's course. where we start. And then in order to make sure that, you know, we do have them correct, we go back to purpose, which is what purpose are we talking about here? And that varies. Is it an individual situation? You know, what is that job? You know, the competencies, what is the job requirements? But what purpose does this job serve, and how does it help the company accomplish its purpose? So then we have a, a proper context in which to approach our coaching agenda. Alan, but, Alan, before you go into an organization, um, do you sit down with top management and identify the mission statements and their objectives before you start dealing with the uh, organization itself? Yes, I do, because I think that I need to understand what their purpose and mission is uh, if I'm going to be helpful to them. And do you find that uh, top management typically gives you all the commitment you need to do your job? Uh, usually by the time I get there, yes, um, because if they don't, I probably never get there. So. <laughs> so you're basically saying, you know, I want to give you your money's worth, and uh, in order for that to happen, these are the kinds of things we need to do together. That's correct. And usually, you know, if, if I'm there already, that means that they bought into that. And, of course, sometimes there are conversations leading up to that where, you know, the value of doing that needs to be, you know, um, at least reviewed. Uh, most of the articles you're, you're going to find indicate that, 
coaching, especially at the executive level, really pays big dividends. So most people who you know have done their homework on that understand the value of, of coaching. Well, you talk about uh, three roles in coaching, uh, Alan. Of course, you got to have the coach and the coachee. What's the third role? Well, the third role is the sponsor. I mean, it, it takes three to tango in this case. I mean, the coach uh, is obviously providing the wisdom and the facilitation of the process and so on and so forth. And the recipient of the coaching is a person who needs to make some type of improvement in, in their competencies, you know. Um, and the third, in a business context, is the person who's probably paying for that. You know, they're paying for the external coach to come in or they're paying for an internal coach to spend time doing the coaching. They're also paying for the time that the individual recipient, you know, puts in in making the, the, the learning happen. So it's very important that all three parties, you know, get something out of this. Um, so... You have the coach, the recipient, and the sponsor. Excellent. And we talk a lot about the feedback loop back to that sponsor and also to the coach, I mean to the uh, coachee, so that they know how they're doing and how they're improving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feedback is extremely important. Um, now, there is some care required in how much information gets back to, you know, the people who represent the sponsor. I mean, some coaching uh, topics uh, are personal and sensitive in nature. And obviously, a coaching relationship could be compromised if the recipient thinks that the coach is basically a conduit of information about all his or her poor performance back to the company. I mean, you know, that's not a very trusting environment. So there's, there's a certain amount of... Um, I guess, independence that the coach needs to have and integrity uh, that the coach needs to have and, and concentrating on working with the recipient and not passing information along back to the company. The company should be worried about the bottom line, improvements in performance. And if they get that, they should be extremely happy. Excellent. Yeah. And then you talk about a number of competencies for organizations. Where do you see uh, companies tending to need the most coaching? Um, well, let's differentiate between organizational competencies and individual competencies. Obviously, the company is made up of a bunch of individuals, and one might think that the sum total of individual competencies adds up to the company competencies. Well, not quite. A company has some competencies in addition to the individual competencies. Sometimes it's a, a way they approach the market or a channel to market or some type of a trade secret thing or a particular methodology that the company has that no individual particularly has, or a company merely in making sure that they can get synergy in, in the efforts of the, the total workforce is, is their, you know, uh, competence. But so when you work with individuals, you work on their particular competencies, whether they're technical competencies or leadership competencies or management competencies. When you work with organizations, you might work on uh, their ability to align their organization, the methodologies that they use, um, the approach they use both to the external marketplace and internal to their employees. And is there one area in particular that you uh, tend to see a, a lot of need? Usually when I work with companies, it's mostly about leadership and management. Um, 
and uh, a lot of that uh, gets to be with um, the people side of the equation. Okay. Well, when we get back, we'll wrap it up with some more information on coaching and performance. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success, better job, better pay, better life. And now a weather update. Winds out of the south-southeast at 9 miles an hour. Citizens of America, this is a message from FeedThePig.org. Do not be alarmed. We are here to help you save yourself. According to public records, Americans spent more money than they earned in 2005. This is the first negative savings rate in the U.S. since the Great Depression. America, we must change our behavior. We need to stop spending every dime we earn and start feeding the pig. We must start putting away a piece of our paycheck. On the 1st and the 15th, we must pay ourselves before we pay anyone or anything. We must make a budget. And yes, even consider cutting up a credit card. And we must tell a friend to do the same. America, to start moving in the right direction, we must start a movement. Join us at feedthepig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Log on to feedthepig.org today. And for more traffic updates, brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Self-leadership is more important than corporate leadership. In the hustle and bustle world we live in, we need to be reminded that in all failures and successes, we are the common denominators. Each week, let Daniel Gutierrez help bring you the tools you need to manage self-leadership, resulting in self-success. Make your mark in your industry. Make sure you listen to Right Here, Right Now, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are 
listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. We're here with Alan Seville, executive coach and consultant, and We've been talking about creating a coaching uh, culture with the emphasis on performance coaching, integrating well with, uh, with your other book on, on performance, Alan. And uh, I do recommend both books, in particular the uh, Coaching Culture book, uh, provides a kind of a 10-step competency cultivation cycle. And I we won't have time to talk about that today, but I think it is pretty powerful to give some direction on that process. You also talk about a bunch of C's of effective coaching, Alan. What are a few of those? Right. Yeah, the last chapter of the book, um, the original version of the book had 12 C's, uh, the 16 C's of good coaching, the attributes of a good coach. And actually, since then, I've added four more, so we're up to 16. Um, But it's really, you know, what are the attributes of a person who is a really good coach? I figured it was good to, you know, provide these are the criteria that you select a coach on. Certainly one of them, which, I, and as you might suspect, I stretched a couple of these to make find a word that began with C. But the first one was craving. You know, does a coach truly want to be and is excited about being a coach? Is that his or her passion? And that's sort of the craving for being a good coach. Certainly another one, which is sort of a, you got to have it, um, is character. I mean, is a coach, you know, are they a good person? Are they, uh, you know, trustworthy? Uh, are they, do they have integrity and so on and so forth? And that usually comes through. And without it, coaches are hard-pressed to be effective. And one of the other C's is competence. You know, what is their level of coaching skills? You know, are they competent as a coach? In the business situation, as we've talked about performance coaching, I contend that, uh, coaches within organizations should be career oriented and you know about the uh, success of of the company. Um, I think something that Ken and I were talking about is a coach's ability to be not only confrontational and give people accurate information about when they should be you know improving some of their competencies, but do that in a compassionate way and a constructive way with honest concern for the individual. So we, we've gotten a lot of those C's out. Excellent, yes. Well, there's a bunch more, so be sure to get the book. But to look at the bigger picture uh, again, Alan, and we kind of started that, that with purpose, how can a shared vision be transformed into peak performance? Great question. Um, I think the first essential ingredient is to make sure that we really do have that purpose defined well. I know we've said that repeatedly in this program, but it is extremely important. But once we have defined that purpose, that really should be the basis of your communication you know, with the workforce. It should be the basis of um, transforming your organization to accomplish that purpose. A lot of times organizations have a set of structures and processes and so on, and they sort of like, okay, we've got all these, and we have to do them better. Many times, if you spend the requisite time defining your purpose, the real trick is 
what purposes or what competencies do do we need to add? You know, we've got a bunch, mm-hmm. but maybe we need to add some that we don't have that we should in order to accomplish this purpose. Or maybe our structure is off. You know, we've got this structure, and the you know the tendency is well, let's just make it work better. But maybe it's wrong. You know, if we look at the purpose, you know, do we have to reorient that structure? or change a process, or change what we reward within a company, doing something differently. And if you start with the purpose, that'll clue you in as to, you know, what changes or additions we need to make, not just improving what we got already. Well, that, that just demonstrates on how the, how the whole process can become quite complex to do it effectively. You mentioned earlier, Alan, how important trust is. Mm-hmm. How can organizations build trust and empower others through a coaching culture? Well, one of them is being, you know, telling the truth um, and supporting that coaching culture. If, again, if you've defined your purpose well and you've said, this is what we're all about as a company and we're encouraging people to jump on the bandwagon and help us accomplish this purpose and you're true to that purpose and the people see it, that you're true to it, you have integrity, authenticity, and being true to that purpose, that comes through. Um Trust is one of those words sort of like loyalty. Everybody wants to have trust. You're not in control of how people perceive you and whether or not they give you their trust. The only thing that you're in control of is being trustworthy. Mm. And individuals should concentrate on being trustworthy, and companies need to be concentrating on being trustworthy as well. And, again, that goes to character, having the right competencies, being committed to that vision, being consistent in the application of all the company's policies and procedures. Um, And the companies need to be especially mindful of providing organizational support to people in leadership and management and coaching and mentoring positions. An individual is usually, you know, I love my boss, but I hate the company. Uh, They might trust an individual, but if the individual doesn't get support from the company, you're really chopping the effectiveness of those good individuals off. But how about when it's, uh, I love the company, but I hate my boss? <laughs> There's usually a good reason for that, too. Sorry that about that, Alan. I didn't mean to throw you that ringer. Yeah. Well, we just have a couple of minutes left here. Uh, Alan, uh, could you just kind of sum up for us how a coaching culture can facilitate change for both growth and performance improvement? Well, it's really all about cultivating the kinds of performance that we need within a company to perform at peak performance levels. And that takes competencies, and the way that people get competencies is through learning, and coaching is just a a way to facilitate and accelerate learning. So it's a learning process, and a coach usually is a person that can facilitate that process well, make it happen faster and have it happen more effectively. So, And if you cultivate that competence in your company, I think you're going to be ahead of your competition. Well, I certainly agree with that. And we've uh, enjoyed having you on our show today. Alan, how can people get a hold of your books? Well, the best way is to look at my website. Um, in a, just a few days, it will be available to download. And the website is www.seville.us. And Seville is spelled S-A-V-I-L-L-E. Well, that should be easy to remember. Thank you again, Alan, for being with us. Uh, Next week we have a tremendous show for you. We'll be uh, airing from Israel. 
and we'll be with George Gilder on the Israel test. So be sure to join us. Thanks again, Alan. Alan, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, right here. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.